This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, who had fun this morning? We got to learn some of the reasons for... Uh, fellowship within the church, the reasons for for uh, being part of the lift group ministry and everything else. So that was a lot of fun. But tonight we're going to be on part six of our series called Spiritual Grown Ups. Who's been having a good time with this for the last I mean, six of the best weeks of your life so far? I know it's it's been six of the best Sunday nights of your entire life. And it's been awesome. But we've learned a lot of things about what it means to grow up spiritually, because the Bible makes a lot of comparisons to our spiritual health and our natural health. It it tells us that we've got to grow up, that we've got to mature. You know, Peter said that just like newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, you're supposed to desire the word of God. I mean, you don't have to tell a baby, you know, hey, you need to crave milk, man. You you got to get this together. Baby, they just crave it. And it says that we begin to grow. Remember, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 3. He said, you guys are so carnal. He said, when I was with you, I wanted to talk to you like you were adults, but I couldn't. I had to talk to you like you were carnal, like you were part of the world. He said, and there's things I still can't even say to you guys because you are so immature. First Corinthians three, one through three is what I'm talking about right there. And so I don't want to be in that category where God says there's a lot I'd like to say to old pastor Dave there, but he is just so flat out immature. He wouldn't understand any of it and fly right over his head. And so let's not be like that. Our desire is to grow and be a mature, strong, stable, productive Christian in the body of Christ in the kingdom of God. Who wants who wants to be that person, man, where God said, I can talk to Jose, man, he gets it. He's mature. He's he's grown up. I can handle some stuff with Jose. And that's what God desires from us is for us to grow up. So we've looked at five other things. And you can, of course, listen online, go to iTunes, go to the podcast and, and catch up on that. But tonight is part six of spiritual grown ups. And it's this is that they listen to their father. They listen to their father. Now, you know, who in here, you, you, at one point, you were still young enough that you knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all of us. You know, we were, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're a teenager. I mean, teenagers are classic for this, that by the time they're 15, they have attained all knowledge that there is to have in this world. It's incredible how smart these guys are. It's awesome. I mean, just the knowledge and the wisdom, golden nuggets of wisdom just come out of their mouth. It's, oh man, it's so deep. And then they get 19 or 20 and get on their own and they realize, whoa, my parents are geniuses, man. Wow. My dad was Einstein. I can't believe this. And and it's the same way as a Christian that you 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 got to get to this place where you realize, man, you do not know more than God knows. I mean, we all say that, but not all of us live like that. Some of us are still in the place where we're giving God advice on how to be God. Do you realize how foolish that is that we're, we're praying that we're telling God how to answer the prayer? Come on. You know, some people are doing that. God, I need 300 bucks by the end of the month and it'd be great. There's I know this guy has it. So just go have him bring it to me right there and then problem solved. Like, why are you telling God how to do his job? Don't do that. If you're going to be a mature, spiritual, grown up and an adult, you're going to have to learn how to listen to your father because he knows more than, you know. 
Amen. And, and he also, he knows what's best for us. And so that's what I'm challenging us with tonight is that if we're going to grow up, part of this is going to be, we're going to have to get to the place where we can listen to the father. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. And we're going to get into this. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much that we have a church to worship you in, Lord, a place where we can study your word, God. And I pray tonight that you'll speak to each person that's here, Lord. You know what we're looking at. You know what we're facing in our lives, God. And you know where we need to grow, Lord, whether we'll be honest with each other or not. You know where it is that we need to step up. And so I pray tonight that you will absolutely shake us in a way to wake us up, Lord, and show us what we need to see so we can grow up and be the Christian that you called us to be. We thank you for that. In Jesus name, everybody said, amen. Amen. So the first thing we'll say tonight is this, is that number one, we're never too old to listen to dad. You're never too old to listen to. There's no way that you've been a Christian long enough where, I mean, you know, you're just, you're way beyond all that. I, you know, I heard someone told Brother Hagen one time, someone said something stupid and he was like, can you show me that in the Bible? He's like, oh no, I'm way out beyond the Bible. I'm way, I'm beyond, way out beyond that. It's like, well, then you're way out too far for me. You're, you're way out there. All right. Just stay out there and stay away. You know, and if you're to the place where you just, you're just way out there beyond the Bible, then listen, you, you need to have a reality check here is that you're never too old to listen to dad. You're never too old. You're never going to know all that there is to know. And in fact, I found out that the older we get, the more we realize how much smarter our dad is, you know, our father, our, our heavenly father, and of course, our, our earthly dads too. But I want to show you something that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter three. Let's turn to Philippians chapter three. Third chapter of Philippians. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to have to wake this crowd up tonight. All right. I said Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> All right, here we go. Man, I thought his thumb was broken there for a minute. What's going on? People are nuts. Philippians chapter three. Let's look at verse 12. And, you know, we're looking at the Apostle Paul here. We're talking about a guy that I would say is a mature, established, seasoned Christian. Right. Would you say that Paul was a pretty mature Christian? I, I think he was. I mean, I don't I don't think that's too far of a stretch to say that. And here we are in the book of Philippians. He's already been extremely successful. And if there's somebody that could say, you know, I'm, I'm finally getting there. I, I think that I'm, I'm reaching where I need to be in the Lord. It would be Paul. But Paul didn't say that. Look at Philippians chapter three and verse 12. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. No, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. And a lot of times in, 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 uh, in the Bible, when we see the word perfect, or perfection, it's talking about maturity, especially in the King James Version. It talks about being a perfect man. Well, it's talking about being a mature man. And Paul right here is saying, listen, I, I, I'm not, I'm nowhere near where I need to be, but I'm pressing on to reach that level of maturity. I'm pressing towards the goal. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, if, if Paul could say that he hasn't reached it and he's, he's still pressing to reach maturity, where am I at? 
How do I stack up against Paul? I mean, I don't know, man. Paul was an absolute powerhouse for God. And he was, why? Is because he was one of these men that was able to, I mean, go against his own common sense, his own logic and say, well, no, the Bible, God's word says this. God's telling me this. And Paul was this man that could always say, no, I'm going to listen to God on this one. I'm going to listen to the Father. The Father knows more than me. And that's why Paul was able to do what he did. He, he just listened to God all the time. Remember one time in the book of Acts, he was getting ready to go on a trip and all the, and a bunch of the people got around and they're praying and they're saying, oh man, we see danger ahead. We see danger. We see trials. We see tribulation. We see you're going to get beat. You're going to get arrested. We see all this, Paul. And they're trying to talk him out of it. He's like, okay. And I'm still going. That's not going to stop me from going because God told me to go. And in fact, at Acts 24, he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for preaching the good news of the gospel. He's like, I don't, I don't even want to live if I can't preach. I, I'd rather die. And so Paul reached this level of maturity where he just listened to God. He just listened to the Father and, 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 the, and, you know, God used him and used him and used him and used him. But why is it? It's because he was a mature Christian that cared more about what God thought than what people thought. And he realized that he hadn't reached it yet. He wasn't there. He hadn't reached the goal. And the truth of the matter is this, is that mature Christians are never satisfied spiritually all the way. They're, they're, no, no mature Christian I know ever just wakes up in the morning and says something like, well, I think I'm finally, I've, I've reached it. I'm there. I don't think there, there's, there's nowhere further to go with God. I have reached the pinnacle of where you can be spiritually. There's nowhere further to go with God. I think I, I should probably just, I should probably get a little more carnal for a while. I, I should probably just chill out on this God thing and relax on this whole church thing a little bit. No mature Christian says that. Mature Christians, I mean, they, they could be seeing God doing miracles through them and all kinds of amazing things, salvations, and they're saying, I want more. I'm not satisfied. I need more. I just feel like God needs to use me more. I feel like i got to be used by God. I feel like I need to lay more things down for the Lord. I, I, I feel like I've got to press on. I'm not getting there yet. I'm not satisfied. God, use me. Point out anything wrong in me, Lord. I need to be used by you more and more. Jesus, I want to please you. That's what a mature Christian says. But you're never going to hear a mature Christian. And say, uh, I think I need to chill out a little bit. I'm doing a little too much Bible time, if you know what I mean. Just a little, I need, whoa, I've been praying way too much lately. No, a mature Christian is never satisfied. They could have prayed three hours that day and say, man, I just feel like I could have got a little more time, and I really do. You know, I feel like I could have just made a little more time for the Bible today. If that's your attitude, listen, you're getting there. You're getting there if your attitude is, man, I just I wish I had a little bit more time for God. But if you're the type of person that rolls out of bed and you're on your way out to work, okay, Psalm 1, 1, okay, I read a psalm, let's go. Okay, I did my duty, I read my, read my verse for the day. That's your spiritual nourishment? You expect to grow and be strong by, by I mean, by just taking one, giving God five seconds of your day? I know people that give God five seconds but give their phone probably five hours or more. They'll give God five seconds of their day and give their phone five hours or more. How awful is that? And then they wonder why when the storm comes, when the battle rages, when Goliath shows up and they can't take him. And they, they're absolutely nowhere near 
qualified. They're nowhere near prepared to fight a giant. But yet the giant's still going to come whether you're prepared or not. He's still coming. Uh, we all know this. If, you know, you've been around long enough. But the truth of the matter is this, is that if you don't take time for God, if you just give him five seconds and say, well, I did my God duty for the day. I gave him his five. OK, let's what I've got now. OK, let's play some games. You know, listen, that's not maturity. That's immaturity. I mean, at, at its best, man, that is immaturity. And we're not trying to make anybody feel bad, but I'm saying, listen, who wants to grow up? Who wants to be able when the giant comes to be able to face that thing, hit it in the head and, and win the victory, man? That's what God wants from us. But we've got to get to a place where we are not satisfied, where we want more of God, more Bible time, more prayer time, more worship time, more church time, more serving time. I want to give more. Listen, that is the mark of a mature Christian when they just want to do more for God and want to give more to God. That's a mature Christian right there. They're not satisfied. They want to do more. So I want you to turn over to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Amen. All right. We're going to see some stuff here. Isaiah chapter 40. Now, th- this may sound silly while we're reading it, but it's, it's real. Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. Isaiah 40 verses 13 through 15. Now, check this out. Who knows that God is big? Who knows that God is smart? Who knows that God is amazing? All right. Isaiah 40. Let's look here at verse 13. It says, who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Anyone in this room? Anybody in here know enough to give God advice or teach him anything? Can you imagine that God cannot be taught anything? You cannot teach God something. He knows it all. You can't give God advice. I mean, think about this. God cannot be taught anything. He already knows it all. And Isaiah's writing here and says, who, who is smart enough to give God advice? Who, who knows how to, who could teach God something? Well, I mean, anybody that would say they could, obviously, we'll mark them as immature immediately. Okay? You can't teach God anything. But look at this. Verse 14. Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, absolutely not. Why? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Think about, and we've said it, I think it's verse 12 of that same chapter talks about the size of God's hand. It says he can hold the waters of the earth and the palm of his hand. And I've said this before, the deepest part of the Pacific Ocean is the Mariana Trench. It's 39,000 feet deep. And God can hold that in the palm of his hand. God can pick up planet earth as if it were just a grain of sand. That's a big, that's a big being. That's a, that is an, that is the Almighty God. And we're going to give him advice on how to fix our situation. We're, we're going to instruct him on what is right. We're going to show him the path of justice. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. I mean, listen, 
when God speaks, we got to get to the place where we listen. He is our father. And a mature Christian realizes this. And, and they're, they're over the point of telling God how to answer their prayers. They're over telling God how he's going to do it. You just let God be God. You be you and let God be God. Do not tell God how to do his job. Don't tell him how to be God. Don't tell him how to lord your life. Let him do it and watch what happens. But you got to realize now that he is infinitely wise than anybody in this world ever will be. You know, I can imagine, can you imagine you're, you're getting on a plane? You know, I'm going to use another aviation example. But imagine you're getting on the plane, you know, you're flying commercial and the pilots are standing there shaking hands and you get on like, hey guys, can I, can I have a chat with you guys? Can you get the whole crew together? I'm going to tell you guys some stuff here. Okay. Now, I've never flown myself, but I've read a lot about it. So check this out. Um, I want to give you guys some advice on what I feel is the best course to get us there. We're flying from LAX to Atlanta and I just, I, 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 I want to tell you guys how to do this. I really think that I've got this together. I mean, those guys would be staring at you like, get this fool off the plane, man. He's, we're probably going to, you know, going to be on the news or something for beating this guy up. This is crazy. But think about it. How dumb would it be to go to the experts that have done this millions of times flawlessly and you're going to tell them how to do it? Yeah, you've never done it. You've just heard about it, read about it. You think you have a good idea and you call them together. Guys, let me, I got, I just, well, I'm going to go over the game plan here of how we're going to get to Atlanta. Can everybody... I mean, that would be absolute insanity, but that is the same thing as, as telling God and not listening to him and telling him how to do his job. Mature Christian, spiritual grown-ups, they listen to their father. And another thing that I want to note is this, is that as you grow older, you begin to really capture the heart of the father. You begin to get his vision. You begin to you begin to see things how he sees them. All right. Has anybody noticed this? There are things that when you were a kid, a teenager, your parents asked you to do and you thought, I mean, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It, was, it sounded so stupid at the time. But now you grow up and you're like, oh, I get it now. That made they're trying to teach me how to not be a moron, how to, you know, how to survive in this world, how to not be a complete idiot. And and at the time, though, it was like, that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, there's no fair to tell my boss my life around. Tell me what to do, man. Trying to tell me how to live my life. And and listen, that's what an immature person says. They don't they don't get it. I mean, you know, that's what kids do. They say stuff like that. But as you grow older, you see the wisdom in what they were telling you to do. And the same thing is true as a Christian, okay? God will tell you things. He will point things out in his word that are, that, that are there to correct you, okay? You know, you first get saved or maybe you've been saved for a while, but you're just not quite yielding and submitting to the Lord yet. Listen, there's things that God is going to correct you on. And if you're immature, you're going to say, man, no way. 2017, what is that archaic book? I don't know what, I don't know what it's talking about. And, and, and no, man, I'm not gonna do that. That's stupid. That's crazy. Well, that's, that's classic immaturity. You just go ahead and do your thing. But as you grow older in the Lord and as you mature, you see, oh, now I see why the Bible says to not do that. Because if I do that, I bring bad things upon my life. And now I see why God says to do this because it opens the door for blessing. I didn't get it before, but now I understand. I was thinking of this. I went to a Christian school in high school and the pastor there used to tell this story. He grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin and he said that as a teenager, as a young man, you know, 
the, uh, they had lots of cows. It was a dairy farm, man. I mean, you know, tons and tons of cows. But as a kid, his responsibility, one of his jobs was to get up at the crack of dawn, you know, 4 a.m., and go out there and milk the cows. This is how the family survived. They ran a dairy farm. The cows had to get milked. And so as a young man, as a teenager, he hated doing it. He said his dad would have to come in, flip the lights on, throw water on him, pull him out of bed, kick him out the door, get out there and milk the cows. And finally, he'd drag himself out there and do the job, grumbling and complaining the entire way. And 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 so he said, though, as he got older, he got to a place where it just clicked one day, like, my dad's not telling me to milk the cows to be mean. He's telling me to milk the cows so our family can live. He, there's a reason for what my dad said. He's having me milk the cows so we can sell the milk so our family can survive. And he said when he got older, he got to this place where he, he saw the vision. He saw the heart of his father. And it got to the place where his dad didn't even have to wake him up anymore. He'd set his own alarm. He'd get out of bed and he'd go do the job himself. And nobody had to tell him. Nobody had to beg him. Nobody had to kick him and push him out the door. He did it on his own because as you mature, you see the reason that the father's telling you to do what he's telling you to do and he doesn't have to beg you anymore you just do it because you've got his heart now amen and so a mature christian you don't have to beg them to tithe they do it because they love god you don't have to twist their arm and and no you don't have to a mature christian you don't have to beg them could you please help out in the nursery we please could you do anything around the house of god just some serve somewhere you don't have to beg a mature, a mature Christian. We have to sometimes say, listen, okay, you're, you're doing, you're, you're covering your share. There's a lot of people in this church that they volunteer for more stuff. And we say, okay, just, all right, you're, you're doing enough. You're carrying your load. Let's find somebody else. You know, some of you are in this room, but we're just going to say, chill out. We love you. But, but that's a mature Christian. They want to be used by God. You don't have to beg them to serve God. There are people that won't come to church if I don't text them. I'm being totally real right now. There's people that I have to text and, and remind them. And, hey, remember, you know, church is on Sundays, 10 o'clock, or, or else they just flat out won't come. And I'm like, how crazy would it be, you know, if at your job, your mommy had to text you every night before you went to bed? Remember, daughter, remember, son, you know, get up. You got work in the morning. They scheduled you at 6 a.m. You better get up. Like, man, that, that guy is immature. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to give him any responsibilities. He couldn't handle it. He can't even control himself. Well, listen, a mature Christian doesn't have to be reminded to serve God, to tithe, to love their neighbor as themselves. They just do it because they've got the heart of the Father and they want to do it. As you mature, your desires change where you start to desire the things that God desires. That's a mature Christian. Amen? So God doesn't change. So one of us is going to have to. It's not going to be him. So it might as well be you, right? Because he ain't changing. If you're perfect, what do you change to? You can't. There's nothing better than perfection. And he's already there. All right. Number two, all right, we're talking about listening to the father. Number one is that we're never too old to listen to, the, to dad, to the father. Number two is he's always talking. God's talking. The problem is, is that immature kids just aren't usually listening. You know, have you ever, you know, you talk to somebody and you ask them to do something and then it doesn't get done. And you're like, hey, what happened? Huh? <laughs> like, bro, I asked you to do that. I, I, what happened? 
you, oh, really? I'm so, my bad. I wasn't listening, man. I, I, I zoned out or something. Listen, you can't do that. You got to listen when God is speaking to you. So Psalm 46, verse 10. Check this one out. Psalm 46, verse 10. We're talking about being a mature Christian and listening to the Father. He's always talking. The problem is, is that we're just not usually listening. Psalms 46, verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10. And we've got to get to the place where we know how to hear the voice of God. You need to know when God is speaking to you. Psalm 46, verse 10. It says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. And he says, be still and know that I'm God. What does that mean? That means calm down. Be quiet. And listen and know that I am God. You know, one thing that I see as a problem in our, you know, our modern times is we are we have noise surrounding us and going at all times. We are so used to constant noise. I mean, you see, you know, I, I you see people driving their cars with earphones on like this. It's pretty dangerous. You know, you see people, you know, walking down the street doing this and, and, and they got stuff in their ear. I mean, they, they're they're not they might as well be unconscious or something. I mean, they're just constant noise, constant noise. I mean, I know people that can't go to bed without the TV on, you know, I mean, it's just we're so used to 24 seven having stuff going, you know, in our ears. But it's not God all the time. We got music and all kind of TV, everything going all the time. And we're so used to constant commotion where we need to unplug the cord and just stop. Be still. Be quiet. And know that I am God and listen to the voice of God. I love music, man. You know, I love to listen to good Christian music, but... It doesn't need to be 24-7. You know, I, I love to listen to preaching. I, I listen to probably uh, two or three hours of preaching every single day. It's great, but listen, there's got to be, there's times where I've got to just stop the preacher even and just listen to God himself for a little bit. We've got to get to this place where we can stop, be quiet, and listen to God. Look at the Gospels, Matthew and Mark, especially, and Luke. There's so many. Inst- I never noticed this until the last year or two. And just just read through there the places where it says, and Jesus went off into the wilderness alone to pray so many times, all the time. Jesus, he Jesus himself would stop and get away from everybody. I got to be alone for a little bit. Just give me some time. I got to go talk to dad. I got to go listen to my father for a little bit. You guys stay back over there. I'll catch up later. He did this so many times because Jesus himself knew how important it was to have some silence, to have some peace and to just listen to God. That, that's a that's a quality of a great leader is somebody that knows the importance of solitude for a little bit. I'm not making this up. Lots of the great decisions that have been made in this world and through even our our, our American leaders, you know, at times of war and everything was when leaders got away from everybody else. And just had silence so they could listen to God. I think about George Washington and Valley Forge. You know, he would get away from the troops and just spend time in prayer just listening to God. You've got to learn to do this. If that means you've got to just go away for the night or something, I'm being serious. You've got to get to the place 
where you understand the importance of silence and solitude and just being still and having no distractions and listening to God. This is something mature Christians do. This is something that great leaders do. They take some time to just get rid of the distractions so they can hear God because God's talking and he will talk to you. But you've got to just unplug everything, man, for a little bit and listen to him. Let me show you in Proverbs chapter two. Let's flip over there real quick. Proverbs chapter two. You know, several years ago, um, five, five years ago, six years ago, uh, you guys, a lot of you remember that, you know, Katie and I, we moved back to Indiana to help uh, awesome, wonderful pastor there to, to establish some youth groups and stuff. And we knew, though, that God was calling us back here. And it was a very busy life and everything. But I got so desperate to be able to hear from God that, I mean, I, I just like, you know what? When you've got kids, I'm not joking right now, I'm being serious. When you've got little kids, I'm the type of guy, if, if they're running around screaming, throwing toys, I can't just sit there and have a deep moment with God and, Lord, your word's good. Oh, okay. Got hit with a tow truck at the head. Praise God. You know, I, I, some people can do that. Women seem to be able to better at that than men, but I'm just, I can't do that. And so I found that if I'm going to have time with God, I've got to get up before the circus gets up at my house. And so I, you know, I started getting up at three, four in the morning and I would drive to the church where I was at. It was cold. It was freezing cold. The winter in Indiana, no heat on. And I would just sit there in that church. I would read the Bible for a couple hours in the freezing cold. I would walk around that sanctuary for hours praying and listening to God hours, three or four hours in the morning before most people woke up. And, and I was doing this because I needed to hear from the father. And this is what changed my life more than anything in this world when I was able to say, God, you're more important than sleep. Sleep's great. And yes, I'm not saying don't don't get enough sleep. Get enough sleep. Do that. But if you really need to get to the place where you need to hear from God and there's no way that you're just going to go get a week in the mountains by yourself. Listen, get up before everybody else. All right. All right. <laughs> Proverbs, Proverbs chapter two, verses one through six. It says, my child, listen to what I say. And I love how Solomon always, you know, would, would write like my child. You know, he says a fatherly figure. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. We need people that can concentrate on understanding. We've got some short attention spans. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding, search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. You need to understand what it means to fear the Lord. If you don't understand, then you're missing a lot of, of what you need to be a good Christian. You'll understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God for the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so what is all this? This is Solomon writing as a fatherly figure saying, my son, my child, listen, search for understanding, ask God for wisdom. And, and these are the type of things that a fatherly figure speaks into your life. They're saying, listen, the most important thing is getting wisdom and understanding 
knowledge. And, 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 and Solomon said this, the most important thing for you to get is wisdom in your life. And I'm thinking, man, what good, solid, fatherly advice he's laying out there right now. God is speaking to you all the time, but you've got to stop and listen. And sometimes you've got to say, God, I need wisdom. I need knowledge in this situation. Can you help me? And it says right here to ask him and he's going to speak into your life. The Lord gives right there. It says wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Do you know how valuable those three things are? Wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Those are valuable, valuable assets that a lot of people don't have. Listen, there's a lot of really smart people that are not wise. Being wise or being smart doesn't necessarily mean you're wise. You could be a mathematical genius, but be a complete fool when it comes to knowing how to run a life, how to how to how to raise children. I mean, you could be an absolute scientific whiz, but not know how to be a dad. You could be an absolute, you know, business guru, but not know how to be a mom. You, I mean, listen, just because you're smart, it doesn't mean you're wise. God is the one that grants wisdom. He's our father. And you've got to listen to what he's saying, because that's a sign of maturity, is listening to what the father has to say. I think of the story of George Washington Carver, one of the great American inventors. George Washington Carver was born into slavery in the state of Missouri in 1864. And he he loved the Lord and he had, had a remarkable life. But he asked God as an adult, he said, God, show me, show me, show me the secret of the universe. I want to know the secret and the wisdom and the knowledge of the universe. And God said, you can't handle that, but I'm going to give you what you can. You can handle the peanut." And so God showed, this is truth, George Washington Carver, look him up. God gave him wisdom on how to use the peanut. And he came up with over 300 inventions from the peanut. Things that we use in medicines, ointments, creams. And in fact, the, 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 the states down there, they were, they just used cotton continuously. It was, it was ruining their soil. And he, he explained to all the farmers, listen, peanuts, God told me, they've got nutrients that will heal the soil here. Plant peanuts for the next couple of years. And it healed their soil and it revived the economy all because this one man asked God for wisdom. God said, you can't handle the universe, but you could handle a peanut. And God gave him over 300 inventions. With the peanut. And so this man right here is a godly, mature man. And and God gave him wisdom. But I love one of his quotes. He said, reading about nature is fine. But if a person walks in the woods and listens carefully, he can learn more than what is in books. For they speak with the voice of God. And he would go out to the woods for hours and just be still and listen to God, and God would impart wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And this man was an absolute, literal genius. But he gave all the glory to God, every bit of it. And he was an awesome Christian inventor and scientist and someone that we should be proud of. And so, anyway, listen. God's talking. You've just got to listen, and you've got to be still for a little bit and know that I'm God. A mature Christian knows the value of solitude and silence, and they will seek silence out and will not continuously talk. 
We've already looked at this. The book of Proverbs says, where words are few, wisdom abounds. There's a lot of people, though, that they're talking nonstop. And if there's nonstop talking, there's usually someone that's sinning because the more you talk, the greater opportunity you have to say something wrong. Amen. All right. That's that. Number three is this. We're talking about three main ways that God speaks. We're talking about listening to the father. Three main ways that God speaks. The first thing to say is this is through his word. God is going to speak to you through his word. Has anybody in here ever had the Lord speak to you through the Bible? I mean, that's I I say everybody in here at some point or another. God has spoken to you through his word. In fact, I believe this is the main way that God's going to speak to you. I can't tell you how many times I've read a verse and it's been, I mean, just the exact answer that I needed right there. I mean, you know, you're asking God, what am I going to do? Oh, hey, there it is. Do this. Hey, problem solved. You know, God speaks to us through his word. Psalm 119, 105. This is a verse that a lot of you know. Psalm 119, verse 105. Now, Psalm 119, as you know, is the longest chapter in the Bible. And the whole chapter is about the word of God. It's about the word of God. And and David uses lots of different words to describe the word. He says, I love your law. I love your statutes. I love your commandments. I love your word. I love your regulations. He uses all these different words to basically describe the word of God, the Bible. But that's what this whole long chapter is all about. So Psalm 119, verse 105. We're talking about three main ways that God's going to speak to you. And one is through his word. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to guide my path. Have you ever been walking out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, man? And it's not a full moon. You've got like that little sliver, you know, like we've had the last, you know, the last few nights. Listen, it's really dark out there. I remember times, you know, just playing outside as a kid. We'd stay out too late and it can get super dark out there. And it's nice if you have something to light up the path and see where you're going. But there's a lot of people in this world that they're stumbling. I mean, they're all over the path and they don't even know which path to take at this point. But the word of God lights up the path. Isn't it nice to see where you're going? The Bible will tell you where you're going. The Bible will tell you how to get there. The Bible will tell you what to do. It's incredible. God speaks to us Through his word, this is the word of our father trying to tell us what to do. We need to learn how to listen to it. And so, again, it's not enough to just roll out of bed and, 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 you know, open up your Bible up. What's the verse of the day? Oh, that's a good one. All right, let's go. No, you've got to get better than that. You've got to give God more time than that so he can speak into your life and tell you what to do because God will tell you what to do. And so three ways that he's going to speak to you. One is through his word. The second I'm going to say is this is through the Holy Spirit. He will use his Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. And there's so many scriptures about this, but we're going to look at John chapter 16. There are so many verses about this. But John chapter 16 and having the Holy Spirit in your life is one of the greatest gifts that God could have given you. You know, Jesus kept telling the disciples before he left, he said, it's for your benefit that I go away. Because when I leave, 
The Comforter's going to come. The Holy Spirit's going to show up when I leave. And the disciples are thinking, I don't think so, Jesus. No, the best thing for us is that you stay right here and never leave. And and he's like, no, I'm telling you, it's for your benefit. When It's going to be better when I leave because the Spirit of Truth is going to come. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will tell you what it was is that the Father's telling him to speak to you. He will even show you things to come. And so Jesus kept saying, it's going to be better when the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because when Jesus was on this earth, he walked around in his body in that little area of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, you know, that, that little area. He went from village to village to Nazareth and, and all this stuff. But the Holy Spirit came and he came upon the believers. He gave them boldness and he filled them up and now he lives inside of us. Amen? And so all of us are walking around, as Jesus told us, with the authority to use his name. This is, I mean, wow, this is great stuff right here. But you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart. John 16, verse 13, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Isn't that an amazing gift that you have somebody that will tell you about your future? There's people that pay a lot of money for this. I mean, they'll go to psychics and and, and all this different stuff. Could you? I'll give you $500 if you'll tell me about my future. And they pay for this. But we've got the free gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, oh, man, he's going to come. It's going to be awesome. He's going to tell you truth. And he's going to even tell you about the future. And we have that on the inside of us. The question is, is why are we not listening? Anybody in here, the Holy Spirit has spoke something to your heart, but you didn't listen. I, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I have done that because at the time, Either I just didn't want to put in the effort to what he was telling me to do. I was too lazy. That's immaturity. An immature child doesn't do what the father tells them because they don't feel like it. So God has told me to do things that I didn't feel like doing, so I didn't do it. And I paid the price for it. And another thing is this, is that the Holy Spirit has told me things and I didn't do it because I thought people would think I was weird. That's classic teenage immaturity. The father tells you something to do, but you don't do it because you care more about your friend's opinion than your father's opinion. I mean, this is this is textbook stuff right here, you know. And so there's been times where God, I knew he was telling me like, oh, man, but everyone's here right now. What are they going to they're going to think I'm so weird. I'm not going to do it. I, I can't I can't do it. And, and 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 I disobeyed God because I valued human opinion more than my father's opinion. How awful is that? And I know I'm not the only one that's done this, but we've been in this place where we care more about what our friends think than about what God thinks. That's immaturity. That's what it, that's what that's what a little kid does. That's what a little a, a, an immature teenager does. We can't be like that if we're going to grow into being the person that God wants us to be. We've got to get to the place where we say, you know what, God, I'm listening. Tell me whatever it is. You can count on, I will do it. I don't care what people think. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care how uncomfortable I have to get. I'm just going to do what you're telling me to do because I want to please you. I want to have your heart. I want to be the man that you called me to be. I want to be the woman that you created me to be, God. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. That's what a mature Christian says. And the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and tell you things about your future. The third thing is this. 
the third way that I'm, and, and there's many ways God can speak to you. I've just put three down here. So, I mean, I'm sure there's dozens of ways, but here's another main way. And that's through your pastor, through pastors, through ministers preaching to you. You don't have to turn there, but write this down. Jeremiah 3.15. Jeremiah 3.15. I like this in the King James Version. It says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. What a gift. God said, I'll give you pastors according to my heart, and they're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Listen, if you've been like we already read in Proverbs, where you are crying out, God, I need knowledge. God, I need understanding. Well, the best thing for you to do is hook up to a church where there's a pastor according to God's own heart. And it says that they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Who in here has been in church Listen to the sermon and you have received knowledge and understanding on what you were supposed to do. I know I have. I can't count how many times that I've been just at church listening to the sermon and God told me through the pastor's mouth exactly what I needed to hear. And it's amazing. The sermon could be on something that is totally unrelated to you. You know, it could be on finances that day and you're dealing with, you know, a marriage issue. You're dealing with health issues. And and just one thing, God will just have the pastor say one little one sentence out of the whole thing. And it's exactly what you needed to hear. Why? Because God gives pastors according to his heart. And, and when God does that, he just he speaks through them and gives you knowledge and understanding. And this is one way that God gets your attention. This is one way that the father is speaking to you. And so what's this all about tonight? It comes down to this is that mature Christians, spiritual grownups listen to their father. You if you're going to grow up, you need to get to the place where you don't have to have constant noise. OK, I'm just I'm reviewing here where you can just stop for a minute. A, a, a great leader, I'm convinced of this, knows the importance of solitude and silence. They know when they've got to get away for a minute. They know when they've got to just have complete quiet and listen to God. You need to understand this. You need to get a hold of this. This will change your life. And you need to realize that God is speaking and there's there's main ways that he's going to do it. He's going to use his word. He's going to use the Holy Spirit and he's going to speak to you at church through pastors and preachers. And if you'll listen to God, if you'll be big enough and mature enough and strong enough to say, I don't care what it costs. I'm going to listen to the father. I don't care what it makes me look like. I'm going to listen to the father. If you can get to this level. You're a person that God can use. You are a person that's growing in your faith and you're maturing and you're going to be a powerhouse for God. You're going to be like the Apostle Paul, like Peter, like these guys we read about where God used them all the time because they didn't care what other people thought. They were just going to listen to the Father and obey Him. Amen. Let's call it quits there for tonight. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.